0: Hello, and welcome to the Smash View podcast. My name is Sean Hurst, and I work as the International Technical Director for Smash. Collaboration tools are now the lifeblood of businesses across the world. One of the key collaboration tools that has seen extensive growth in that time is Microsoft Teams. Today, I'm joined by Mark Sanders from Microsoft. Hello, Mark. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Microsoft? Sure, happy to. Thanks, Sean. Thanks,
1: everybody. My name is Mark Sanders. I'm a principal program manager in the Microsoft Teams product group, and my role in the product group is to work with our U.S. financial services customers. Fantastic.
0: It's great to have you on, and uh, we, we, we've chatted before, and I've always enjoyed our conversations, uh, hearing what's coming down the line for Microsoft Teams and uh, you know, learning a little bit more about what's actually available today. But I wanted to know, what, what has it been like working on the Teams platform over the past 12 months?
1: It's been a bit of a blur, I can tell you. We've in in Microsoft have been, you know, affected like most of the folks around the world by COVID. We've certainly seen that the way we interact with people has changed quite a bit. Certainly working from home, but also learning how to, you know, help each other while not actually be physically in the same place. So it's it's been a learning experience, and I think it's uh, it's helped us quite a bit to uh, improve the product, and we really appreciate all the feedback and suggestions that we get
0: from customers. Has uh, the last 12 months changed the, the vision that Microsoft has for Microsoft Teams? I wouldn't say it's changed the vision so much as accelerated
1: it. I think we've been able to see that customers are actually able to move more quickly into the, the cloud model, into the model of having Teams as the hub for teamwork. So that's really what we've seen is that there's been more urgency with the changes from the last 12 months. And, and so our engineering team has really focused on accelerating its release of new features as well to match that.
0: And how about from a scalability perspective? It, it seems like Microsoft, you would have been in the news quite frequently if there were big problems with the scaling, with downtime, but it seems like the, uh, the platform has been pretty stable over the last 12 months. Uh, from your end, is that the same experience you've had? I would say yes,
1: definitely. Actually, we were fortunate that we had designed it that way from the ground up. So one of the key things that we did with Microsoft Teams that honestly we hadn't done with some of our other products is rather than taking an on-premises server-based product and, and moving it to the cloud, so to speak, we actually created Microsoft Teams from the ground up as a cloud service. So there's not the concept of an on-premises Microsoft Teams, which means it's designed for the cloud, it's designed to use our global network for all of its media, audio, video sharing. It's designed to use Azure efficiently on the back end, and all of that gives us an option of being able to scale very quickly. If we had not designed it that way, then you're exactly right, we would have, we would have struggled. So we we're fortunate. Uh, that we made those early decisions, and our team very much rallied in the last 12 months, and has been able to do that scaling that you're talking about. You know, we're seeing more than 10 times the amount of usage for for video, for example, um, just in the last 12 months. Overall, the number of users have increased by that same kind of multiple. So um, that has really been the one of the I would say one of the more fortunate things that we've gone through uh, we certainly appreciate again customers going through that journey with us but because we would made the early design decisions that enabled us to do that
0: yeah i, I think having that stability uh is is a, is a key to your success over the last 12 months you know a lot of the clients that we deal with especially on the more regulated side of the industry financial services they they want a product they can rely on and uh, teams has certainly been that but in terms of of going forward You know, people are using Teams in a certain way today, but I know that your vision for where things are going might be a little bit different. It might be a bit of a case of guiding people down a certain path. But how can Teams assist company with the transition into a hybrid work model, you know, well beyond just the communication side of things? You know, what what do you think uh, people can use from the feature sets that you see coming and the feature sets that are available today in that transition? Hybrid work is clearly something that we're expecting to be here, frankly,
1: indefinitely. I think we're seeing clear evidence that some companies will want to bring folks back into the office as quickly as possible. Other folks have said, you know, some number of people can work remotely indefinitely. So that's actually what we expect to be the standard situation going forward. So what we've tried to do is we've tried to make sure that we help people as they go from where they are now to that more hybrid model to recognize the value of using a cloud service, connecting to it, having, as you mentioned, that reliable and secure connection from anywhere, from any device. But then also, you know, I I think a key part of this with that cloud model is, and the way Teams operates, is that you end up with one copy of a file, for example, that a team is working on. Rather than, you know, you send out a draft to a bunch of people in an email thread and then you end up essentially having a copy in everybody's mailboxes. I think one of that's one of the key areas that's really helping is to just have a single copy that the team is working off. Uh, but again, in order to do that, you have to make sure that you've got that reliable experience for people regardless of their particular hybrid situation. So if somebody is at home, they need to be able to have reliable connections all the time if somebody is mobile they need to be able to interact with their colleagues whether they're in, you know they're in transit or there's some other way you know between offices or between home and office so that's that's really one of the key areas that we've been trying to focus on is is helping people who are in different situations maybe they're on a spotty network maybe they're transitioning fairly frequently during the day at different locations we want to help people always be able to Access their information and stay in contact with their colleagues and their teammates, because that's that's probably the most critical part of using Teams. Is that you need to you need to be able to stay in contact and connected to people.
0: So, Mark, are the main challenges that you see coming forward? Do you do you feel that they are more technology based or cultural in terms of getting back to work?
1: I think they're more cultural, frankly. And I, and the reason I say that is we're seeing so much data now you may have seen microsoft recently released data as well with the impact on people in terms of their emotional health just their daily exhaustion so to speak the fact that people end up working more hours they have you know more of an impact on their families things like that so so i think there's a lot that we have to figure out that make sure help people are actually able to take care of themselves while they're also, you know, doing their job and making sure that they're meeting their 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 own personal expectations as, as well as their job obligations. I think that's really the key area is helping people figure out the culture of this new environment.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's something that people have to adjust to. I certainly see it in our workplace as well. When you have a tool as, as good as Microsoft Teams that allows you to collaborate almost 24-7 on any device you're on, you tend to be online more often, you tend to be available more often. And I think from that perspective, that's an adjustment people are going to have to make. You know, certainly from what we're, we're talking about before, the, the ability to use some of those technologies like, you know, the single instance for a document, it's it's been it's been amazing for us from a productivity perspective, amazing for our clients from a productivity perspective. But some of the challenges we see, and this isn't necessarily cultural based or even technology based, but more from a regulation standpoint a compliance standpoint is trying to adhere to some of the compliance requirements in terms of capturing data around you know, modern attachments, these files that can be modified and, and edited. What, what role do you foresee teams playing in the, in the future of work and overcoming these challenges? I guess I'll give you a couple examples
1: one is the work that we're doing and you're starting to see this a little bit with a feature that we have in preview right now called together mode but the idea is if you think about participating in a video conference and you've got the other folks that are in the conference with you honestly regardless of whether they're where they're physically located they can be on the screen and what we can do is we can essentially extract their image and place it on the screen in such a way that it it helps people feel more inclusive. So if you think about it from the idea that, you know, back in the day, you might've had 10 people in a conference room and everybody's sitting around a table. Now in this hybrid model, you might end up feeling like you want to have the same kind of a meeting, but three people are in the room and seven people are outside the room. We're doing creative things with the way that we, show people on the screen that it looks like you've got an extension of the table and it just extends into the screen and the other folks are sitting around the table in a very natural fashion and then we've also announced some new ta- capability we're working on with our device partners around what we call intelligent speakers where you can have a device in the room and it will be able to pick up with directional audio which person is speaking at a particular time. So this is all very helpful to the people who are outside the room, right? They're trying to pick up those signals. They're trying to watch body language because, again, everybody's on video. You're trying to see those things, but sometimes it's not always easy to discern who's speaking at a particular time when you're listening, trying to listen carefully on your headset. So it's this idea of helping people feel in this hybrid world, that they're they're together in the meeting, that it's inclusive, that you don't end up with some people being talked over, some people feeling like they can't really participate as richly because they're not in the room. You don't want people to feel like they they are at a serious disadvantage because they're not in the room, but you also want the meeting to be considered to be very successful, to be um, you know to stay within the time slot for example those kind of things just to be an effective meeting overall so so that ability to help people feel like they're all inside the meeting if if not physically in the room is is one aspect and then the ses- second aspect related to this is how we try to bring all the information about a meeting together in teams so either in a channel or within a chat that people are having you are, you associate the meeting with that chat but the way we think about this is we, we take this view that there's a, a before, during, and after of a meeting. So, let's say you have a meeting scheduled at, at Monday at 9 a.m., well, there's a certain amount of work that people do beforehand, maybe the previous week. Then there's the hour that you're together and then there's work that you do after. And what we try to do on Teams is bring all that together in a very rich fashion. And there's a ton of development work that we're doing in this area. So I think that combination of having people feel like they're, they're included in the conversation regardless of whether they're in the room or not and then making sure that everybody is included with regard to the information itself so nobody, for example, was left off an email thread or somehow you know the thread didn't include the attachment that went to other folks. So that's, that's, those are really all ways where, as someone has said to me, if you're not being intentionally inclusive then you're essentially excluding people and so we've tried to, we really try to take that to heart we want to feel like everybody who was part of that meeting who was part of the conversation beforehand was part of it afterwards they should feel included in the actual meeting and they should also feel included in the conversations before and after,
0: it's a far more personalised approach as well. Um, I think it will help people be more productive on these meetings. Uh, I think that, that sounds pretty great, and and I can imagine, you know, even even outside, uh, you know, outside meetings where, where you are speaking, maybe maybe as a as financial services uh, institution, you're speaking to you their clients. They're actually having those conversations with the clients. This could be really helpful you know, picking up some points that they maybe didn't make a note of, things like that, because I know that some of the features that are coming through include that, that capability, right, where where there are some key items from the meeting that would actually uh, have notes taken of them, correct? I think there's quite a bit of machine learning going on and some AI as well. Uh, all those sort of things really excite me from a technology perspective, because that's, you know, that's, that's my passion yeah but from from your <laughs> perspective is is that the sort of thing that excites you as well some of some of that cool technology
1: absolutely, and that's you know you're again you're talking about helping having the tools help people, so as you mentioned that machine learning that a i where you could have cortana, for example listening to the conversation not in a creepy way, but just you know just monitoring and where people use a phrase like Oh, I'll follow up on that or I'll reach out to the person or, you know, one of those phrases, which clearly is someone offering or acknowledging or, you know, taking an action. Those are things that the system can capture and then can make them available where the team can take maybe a last few minutes of the meeting and just go through the list and say, oh, Sean said this, was this, uh, is this an action you're, you're confirming? Mark said this and I might say, oh, actually that was picked up by something we talked about later. So that particular one we can drop. So it just helps everybody make sure that those things that might have been missed earlier in the conversation for whatever reason, they do get captured. Uh, And then again, with everything tied together, it's very seamless after the meeting. It's easy to see what those tasks were that, that, that flowed from that. Or maybe if you wanted to go back and look at the transcript or if you wanted to view the recording, all those things are very, very, possible and it's all tied together nicely. This is also really important. Again, from the idea of inclusion, you know, especially nowadays, you want to acknowledge that sometimes two, you know people do get double booked in time slots. And so we want to help people feel like rather than trying to listen to two meetings at once, which is not really realistic, uh, we want people to feel like they can they can follow a meeting, right? They can basically be part of the conversation before, the team can help bridge them over if they can't be there during that hour and then they could be part of the conversation after. So that's another thing. We want people to, to feel like they can be included. Maybe it's a recurring meeting, even if one particular time slot, they have another pressing obligation that, that blocks them from participating. So again, I, I keep using the term over and over. We want people to feel included. We think this is a really critical part of hybrid work going
0: forward. I think that, that last point you just brought up uh, it resonates strongly with myself. I have a lot of back-to-back and overlapping meetings, and I think it would be pretty great if you're joining a meeting maybe 10 minutes late because you've had an overrunning meeting and been able to see a summary of points that have been discussed up to that time. I think something like that would be quite interesting, and it sounds like this technology is kind of heading towards that direction, right?
1: Certainly you have transcript, for example. You have a live transcript, so somebody, if that was enabled, again, You always want to think about the security and compliance aspects of that but that's a key part of what we do so someone could have that enabled they could scan down through the transcript as you mentioned if they joined 10 minutes late basically get caught up on where the conversation is if there was content all that content would be available to them they could go through it quickly so you're exactly right we want to help people not feel like they they made a, a decision that they might regret you know, having stayed on that previous meeting for an extra 10 minutes for very good reasons. We want people to feel like they can, they can make those choices and then still still be a rich participant in the subsequent meeting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and it's key that you mentioned that, uh, that it is optional, because of course, a lot of our clients would uh, be in a bit of shock if something like that was mandatory. But yeah, it is optional. And I'm guessing it'll be down to the granular point where you can say internal meetings are uh, having that enabled with external meetings, you know, whether you're going outside to outside companies, outside clients, that you could disable that functionality. So you do have that option.
1: Yeah, and that's a, you know, that's another key area of feedback we receive from customers. You know, if you if you set something as a tenant wide on or off, that typically is not really useful for folks because, as you mentioned, there's too much granularity in the scenarios. Um, if you if you leave it entirely, say to the meeting organizer to decide, then sometimes that might create difficulty for a tenant admin to be able to confirm for senior leadership that they are able to control those, those scenarios for compliance reasons. You don't want people to, to have to depend entirely on users remembering, you know, whether to turn off a transcript or whether not to allow anonymous folks to chat, all those scenarios. You know, there are situations where they're very helpful, as you mentioned. There are other situations with regulated users where you need to make sure that you control those and so those are that's kind of granularity that we try to give admins so that they can find the right
0: balance yeah and i think that that is also key to to adoption of those technologies is giving people the choice but talking of that if you're considering you know, the, there's a lot of a lot of things coming down the pipeline and and things that that your your team have already built and people are able to test right now and things that are coming into the product over the next you know weeks months even years, what can customers do to prepare for this? You know, it, like we say, it's, it's beyond just collaboration as we've known it in the past. It's going above and beyond that. What What should customers be doing today? What should the businesses be doing today to start preparing for this new um, new way of looking at collaboration?
1: I guess I'll offer two suggestions. I think the first one is recognize that. Virtually every customer is moving to a cloud model, at least a a hybrid cloud model, which means that more and more content is moving to a cloud storage location. More and more conversations are going to be within a cloud service. With With that model in place, then you want to be very thoughtful about how you're classifying individual files. We have information protection tools Uh, within our microsoft services and we talk about those with customers and they say yes we understand that but we have millions of files right now that are not classified what are we going to do about that so i would say you know think ahead to where you're going to be say within two or three years it's very likely customers will be in the cloud to some extent if not fully by then and so it's really important to think through how you are going to actually manage your files and your content in a way that uses the tools but also helps people meet their business needs. so that's that's the first thing really thinking through file management, um, information protection, classification, things like that. The second thing that I think people really need to be thoughtful about, and this is this is an area that we discuss really frequently with financial services customers. You know, if you look at all of the um, cyber threats that have been emerging over the last two or three years, there have been some very high-profile ones just in the last 12 months. If you said, in fact, that was kind of interesting, you were talking about the last 12 months and most of that certainly was focused on COVID, but there there were also this cyber attacks and things like that. Within Microsoft, we are very much... Focusing on this zero trust model and and because of that, we are are doing quite a bit of work to make sure that we help our customers be in a a much more safe and secure space with regard to cyber attacks. So given that, what that means is we need to figure out how we can help people work from wherever they're located. It's not always going to be in corporate office. Work from those locations with the devices that they have. So again, sometimes mobile, sometimes at home, sometimes elsewhere, sometimes traveling. Find the the way to provide that level of of control, recognizing that zero trust situation so that you you can be on a managed device. You can be on a managed network, but sometimes you are not on a managed device and sometimes you're not on a managed network. And our services are putting new things in place to enable customers to get the controls that they need to make sure they've got the security in place that's necessary, so that they can they can be prepared and they can be able to uh, resist some of those attacks we're talking about. But just taking a zero trust approach to things that's a really important part of our strategy in our discussions with customers so overall think about file classification think about how you're handling your data and second think about your your zero trust perspective how you're helping people make sure that they can access files and and corporation and conversation or files and and the corporate conversations in a secure way
0: that's certainly some good advice and uh, i think i think i might crib some of those uh Talking points when I next speak to my clients, because that's that's a common question. Actually, you know, what 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 should we be doing to prepare for the next year, two years, three years? And uh, I, I think that's good advice in a general perspective. I think Microsoft gives some good tools to be able to control some of those aspects and uh, to manage some of those aspects. So it it certainly is helpful from that point of view. Um, from a compliance point of view, I'd say from from my angle, if I was going to be giving advice to clients, would be to consider. You know, don't, don't turn away from these amazing technologies like Microsoft Teams, you know, instead embrace them, but take a cautious approach, you know, not only that, uh, the, the advice that you've just given, but also from a compliance point of view, making sure that you're you're understanding the technology, understanding the, the various vectors of where that information could be coming in from, where it could be going out, and, you know, how are you going to record that information? How are you going to control that information? How are you going to run supervision or surveillance against that information when you're looking at it from a regulated individual's perspective? So it's certainly something just to, to think about in terms of strategy going forward. When you are going to fully embrace these technologies, I think, you know, just just take a bit of a cautious approach and just consider you know, the various aspects of these new powerful technologies. It's not as simple as maybe it once was a few years ago. So, Mark, are there any last words that you'd like to share with us? Any exciting tidbits from uh, what we can expect to see from Microsoft Teams?
1: I think the thing that I would say is we absolutely welcome and embrace feedback and suggestions and ideas and perspectives from our customers i would say virtually every day at work i am amazed and fascinated by some more great ideas that customers have as you mentioned earlier some of them are you know being driven by the the nature of the way things are unfolding right now but i'm just i'm just really amazed people come up with really creative ways so so don't be shy about reaching out to us. Don't be shy about giving us feedback and suggestions. And we're always wide open to that. And we always appreciate hearing from our customers.
0: Thanks very much. And thank you, Mark, for, for joining me today. I, I know you, you, you probably need to get back to uh, continuing the development of uh, Microsoft Teams. So I won't keep you too much longer. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks very much, Sean. Great to talk with all of you.